I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to our festive Veiled Critics podcast, our Christmas film triple bill, where we will be telling you all our favourite free Christmas films. I'm your host, Steve Norman. I'm joined by James Diamond. Hello. Jerry McCauley. Hello. And Owen Hughes. Hello. And James, do you want to kick us off then with your favourite free festive films, or would you prefer to start by pointing us in the direction of the website where the 12 Days of Christmas articles are currently going up. That's a lovely idea, Steve. Mm. Thank you. Yes. Um, we're four days in now on our 12 Days of Christmas films on failcritics.com. Uh, so far, uh, it's pretty much split between me and my good wife, Kate, but so far we've had uh, pieces on Home Alone, um, Love Actually, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and Kate's theory that Die Hard isn't a Christmas film, it's just a magnificent film that just happens to take place at Christmas. Um, which led us on to a bit of a, almost a philosophical debate on what actually does make a Christmas film, because In Bruges is set at Christmas and no one ever thinks of that as a Christmas film. I heard it was uh, a full, full-blown domestic by the end of this debate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, Bridget Jones's Diary uh, starts at Christmas and ends at Christmas as Christmas dark jumpers and no one ever thinks that as a Christmas film I went to see The Hunt last week which is a Danish film about a man who gets accused of being a paedophile and there's a big witch hunt in the village that ends on Christmas Day that's uh, not a Christmas but, film uh, definitely not a Christmas yeah, film festive <laughs> <laughs> so, so when we talk about our films we may well get onto the concept of what actually does make a Christmas film. And I've got a feeling someone will pick Die Hard and we may well have that debate here and there. Well, we will soon see. But James, yes. do you want to kick us off then with your okay. favourite three Christmas films? My first choice, I got parachuted into my list earlier today because um, on one of the forums we frequent uh, and the one that kind of gave birth to this podcast, the Football 365 Forum, uh, our Someone who is a big fan of the podcast, and he's written for the site before, Matt Lamborn, who's written for the site, um, asked if anyone had remembered something called Bernard and the Genie. And I do, because I'm old. Um, uh, it was at, It's a TV movie, which the BBC screened once in 1991, um, and I taped it off the television and watched it every year for about 10 years after that. And then in the last couple of years, had to find a copy of it on uh, DVD from America via eBay because uh, it was only ever released over there. PBS showed it loads. Basically, Bernard and the Genie predates Disney's Aladdin. Um, and of course, you know, everyone knows that Lenny Henry is 
the British Robin Williams. That's that, nothing. If we say that's a fair comment, or even if even if it's not, that's what happens. It basically it's a film. Um, uh, Alan Cumming plays a man who gets a he's an art dealer and he gets sacked by his company and his fiance tells him she's sleeping with his best friend all on one day and all he's got left is his possessions is a lamp which he rubs and Lenny Henry comes out as a genie and it's set at Christmas and it's about Christmas and it's about being yourself and it's written by Richard Curtis and it's got Rowan Atkinson in in a kind of Blackadder-esque role. It's uh, and it is so dated. I watched it again this evening. It is massively dated. It is so set in 1991. But the reason it's on mine is because it just reminds me, 1991 was the year I first went to big school. Um, and this was on TV uh, um, on Christmas Day, I think it was. And yeah, it's got Big Max in and it's got references to Kylie Minogue and Melvin Bragg. Um, it's, it's bloody weird. Um but it is funny and it's got a warming, touching story. And like I say, uh, I think everything Disney's everything good about Disney's Aladdin was stolen from Bernard and the Genie. And it, if you look online, it's got a really weird kind of conclave of devoted US um, fans, which is just even more bizarre mm. as well. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And if you can find it anywhere, I'd really recommend watching it because it, it is great, great fun. And it is British comedy. Um, at its most festive and lovely. What's it so called again? Bernard and the Genie. Okay. Of course, Alan Cumming went on to then do Goldeneye and uh, X-Men uh, and a few other films as well. And you can currently see him in The Good Wife, which I mentioned on the TV podcast quite recently. Link! <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, yeah, that's my first choice, but I did not expect anyone here to have seen it or barely been alive when it was first broadcast. <laughs> Uh, what's your next choice then? My next choice is another uh, one that I taped off the TV when I was younger, and another staple for me, and I have to watch every year. Uh, and I'm I kind of hope there is a bit of crossover here because it is Bill Murray in Scrooged. Yes, crossover. Yes, yes thank God for that. I've worried for there was a a really kind of scary silence then. Uh, basically, it is a retelling of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol with Bill Murray in the Ebenezer Scrooge-esque role. Uh, but instead of being uh, a moneylender, he is a TV executive um, who hates Christmas, hates people. Um, and over the course of... It is a night, isn't it? It's basically a day and a night. Um, as he's preparing for a live rendition on his network of A Christmas Carol, very meta, um, he's visited by three ghosts and learns to love Christmas and learns to love being human again, as much as the, the story suggests. But it is Bill Murray in one of his finest comic performances, I think. And also Bobcat Goldthwaite um, uh, as the uh, the Bob Cratchit-esque character in the film. We love Bobcat Goldthwaite. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. So, yeah, Owen, um, did you watch it quite religiously as a youngster? Is it quite a new one for you? Uh, I think I first watched it when I was about, I don't know, 13, 14, something like that. Yeah. But it's one of those films that if I don't watch it every year, I watch it sort of every other year. I think it's a really great film to watch Christmas. It's very funny because it's Bill Murray. Yeah. I think Bill Murray could be in anything and make me laugh. And, yeah. yeah, It's a hard film to review as well, though, because it's 
it's just the story of a Christmas Carol. Yeah, and I'm having to try and do it for the website. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah, um, um, but yeah, it is very, very much. They don't really change too much about the the elements of the story at all, do right. they? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it has it, got a very sort of poignant message, like a Christmas mm. Carol has, but yeah. it, it does lack a little bit of subtlety in delivering yeah. that. That's the only yeah. criticism I could think of, though. Because oh yeah, it's, it's just it's just very funny. It's a funny yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, um, and also there is definitely it. It kind of updates it slightly, and there are messages about mm. um, how kind of crass television has got recently, and things like that. Um, and you know, and how networks are actually quite cowardly and things. But ultimately, it is it is just a Christmas Carol with Bill Murray in the title role and modernised, um, and that's what edged out. Uh, a Muppet Christmas Carol. I had to have some retelling of Christmas Carol in my film, and I went for this one over a Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes, good because that's that's what that's how I'd rank them as well. I think Scrooge is probably my favourite Christmas movie. And what's your final choice, James? My final choice. We spoke about it briefly uh, on uh, last week's podcast, uh, the Seven Psychopaths uh, Review Podcast. Um, and it is just my favourite Christmas film of all time, and it's Frank Capra's Jimmy Stewart starring It's a Wonderful Life, which... Ross over there. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty much a perfect film in my in my eyes, to be honest. I, I absolutely adore it. I think it's just it's just a great film of all time, never mind, you know, yeah. Christmas Connection. It's just a great film. As far as I'm aware, it's the only Christmas film on the IMDb Top 250. Ah, okay. That's interesting. Stat there, Jerry. But yeah, it's Jimmy Stewart. Um, in yeah, it. Well, I say the role of his life. He's had he's had a number of absolutely fantastic roles, but I think he's never been more kind of every man. And he, Jimmy Stewart, was an every man, but he's never been more every man in this film. Um, he shows some great range. He, his character goes through absolute hell in places. And it is the story of someone who is completely selfless until the world has crushed them down. Um, and they forget, because they're so selfless, they, they almost forget their self-worth and how important they are to people. And it is a lovely message about... And I hate, I hate cheesy messages uh, quite often. Sometimes I don't mind them. But in this film, it's just so beautifully... You cannot argue with it you it's not cheesy it's just a wonderful wonderful sentiment um and it really straddles that fine line between being preachy um uh, and being cheesy uh and it's 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 a one it is a wonderful film uh uh to put a bad pun on this on things but um it's great performances throughout and it's really dark to begin with um until until you get towards it not to be well actually no it's dark from quite near the beginning to be honest um and it gets worse uh but yeah it, it's it's just a wonderful film and i hope people just try and track it if you've not seen it if you've been put off of it because it's old and it's in black and white and you know, shame on you and watch it please because it, it's my favorite christmas film of all time and i think it is basically perfect but don't watch it in color because that's blasphemy yeah, God, there's a colourised version which I've never seen and I'd never kind of want to, but that would be weird. 
Okay, so that's James is free. Yes. Um, as me and James had some crossover, although I think pretty much everyone else did as well. Um, I'll go on to my list. So obviously, it's a wonderful life is in there as one of them. Uh, second is Home Alone. Yeah, <laughs> I really wanted to put it on my list. I bloody love. Why Home Alone. didn't you then? Because uh, I, d- I don't know. I've got too many Christmas. But I fucking love Christmas. <laughs> um. But yeah, so obviously Macaulay Culkin is Kevin. His family are going to Paris the night before, you know, for Christmas, the night before he falls out of his family, wishes they disappear, and they do. Somehow they end up going to Paris without noticing one of their children isn't there, which is just abysmal parenting. Yeah. Uh, but while they're gone, he ends up having to, among other things, fend off Harry and Marv, two burglars who try to get into his house, and he does so a variety of pots and pans and various other ingenious devices um, yeah. as well as other many shenanigans that he gets up to of course, and it, of course it inspired um, the finale to Skyfall as well which, yes you know, is really important <laughs> probably um, it's the most I, credible work yeah <laughs> I, I, I love Home Alone um, A because Macaulay Culkin's performance is actually bloody fantastic for considering his age he, he is fantastic. brilliant in it pardon it's fantastic anyway. I mean, you're, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 exactly. But, yeah, it's brilliant. He he has brilliant comic timing. He's got fantastic attitude. That's great. Um, the other reason that I absolutely love it is it's written by John Hughes. And John Hughes, anyone who's read my blog piece on Home Alone will know what I feel about John Hughes and how he is brilliant at writing for children. And this film is not about realism. And people have told me, oh, God, oh, it's re-. I've had people complain that, like, oh, no, that bit's unrealistic. Or, oh, no, well, that... And it's like, that's not the point of it. Basically, as soon as the parents go on holiday, this, is, this film is basically the imagination of what would happen, hmm. that, what every eight-year-old imagines would happen if they were left at home alone. But then and the, that's but, the important thing. But then thing. there's also other bits as well, like where he's gets you know clearly upset that he's on his own around christmas yeah. time exactly, or when, or when they would be yeah. or when he speaks to to the guy in the church who sort of everyone all the kids kind of fear and yeah. and but then in the end you know kevin advised him to make up of his son he not spoke to him for yeah. years and it's just sort exactly give it giving out advice as well which yeah. every eight-year-old thinks that they could give advice to adults as well it is a it is a fantasy piece and and i love that's one of the things I really love about it. Plus, Joe Pesci's actually very funny in it. Um, yeah, it's just such a lovely, charming film, and it is the number one grossing comedy of all time, highest grossing comedy worldwide of all time. Which and it got an Oscar nomination as well. So you know, it's which it's, which award did it get nominated for? An Oscar uh, best soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> it's a John Williams soundtrack, and he just ought. I think he just automatically gets nominated for every yeah. soundtrack he ever does. But it is a good soundtrack, though. I think less said about the sequels past Home Alone two, the, the better. Yeah, I, I, in fact, I've never seen them. I, I do quite like Home Alone two, but well, I there's think nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with the Home best. Alone two. But but past Home Alone two, it, it's yeah. just shit. Yeah, and. The final one, some people won't agree with me here, but um, especially <laughs> Mrs. Diamond, but I don't care. <laughs> it's Die Hard. Go on then, Steve. Well, I think I replied to, to Kate's post on, yeah. you know, with this by saying it is 
the ultimate story of a man trying to get home to see his kids at Christmas, overcoming various obstacles that are in his way. Now, something like Jingle All the Way, Arnold Schwarzenegger's trying to get a Which toy. almost nearly got yeah. my list. Actually, he, he's, he's, he's trying to get a toy for his kid at Christmas, yeah. and there's obstacles in his way. Yeah. Well, the obstacles in Die Hard just happen to be terrorists and, and having no shoes on. But it's still, you know, obstacles to overcome yeah. to go and see your kids on Christmas Day. I, I, I honestly think you make a good point, Steve. I'm still not sure which way I swing on this one. Um, it's all right, because Kate doesn't listen to the podcast anyway, so, so I like. Um, I think she does make... I think one of the crux of Kate's points is Die Hard could take place at any other time of the year. But it doesn't. And not... Uh, yeah, no, but she said it could. And so, therefore, the Christmas ah, bit is... But, but, could, but, but could it? Because... John McClane appears to sort of be in a strained relationship with his wife. So would he be coming home to see his kids at any other time than Christmas, really? You know, obviously I, I he does come to see... So. His kids. No, but I, I mean, but, you know, would, would he would he be going, you know, if he was just coming to see his kids for the weekend, if it wasn't Christmas, would he really stop at her Christmas party where the terrorist attack place? No, if it wasn't Christmas and she wanted him to show his face at the Christmas party, this is my husband you know, come and meet my husband, the policeman, at a Christmas party to show him off a bit to your employers who you're trying to make an impression on. He's just going straight to the house and having a a pizza and a beer. No, it's Christmas, so he has to go to this Christmas party. And so, therefore, the film wouldn't take place if it wasn't Christmas, Kate. Okay. There you go. I kind of... It's kind of a central thing that binds the film together. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with Steve and Jerry, but with sort of slightly different reasoning, I guess. Um, doesn't like Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do like Die Hard. I just John McClane's the fiftieth best film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, and to be honest, I I think part of um, uh, the article that Kate wrote was well, it, it was it was meant to provoke debate more than anything else because I do think it has become it actually has become a cliche to say that Die Hard. It used to be I, I remember ten years ago. Someone would go, oh, watch your favourite Christmas film. Someone would go, Die Hard, go, oh, that's a really good job. But these days, watch your favourite Christmas film. Die Hard seems to be people's default reaction now. It's uh, kind of the same reaction as, like, when people say, what's your favourite Christmas song? And someone says, stop the cavalry. And you go, oh, yeah, but well, that's not a Christmas song, really, is yeah. it? Yeah. Think, yeah. Well, I think... it is now. It is a yeah. Christmas song. Exactly. It's a movie. I, I think I, I'm I'm very happy to class Die Hard as a Christmas film, and and Die Hard Two is also a Christmas film. Let's not forget that. But none of the others are. No. In fact, the best Die Hards take place at Christmas, and that's what they should have done with Die Hard Five. Exactly, which we'll be reviewing in the new year, no doubt. Link. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, so, Jerry, you've got one film left that hasn't been spoken about. Yeah, so what is it? Well, obviously, I picked the two sort of more serious films that are Christmas related, and you also need the finest Christmas comedy ever made. Sorry, Home Alone, Elf. Elf is one of the greatest Christmas films ever. I do like Elf a lot. I do. I think. I think there's a slight age thing with Elf, but you you go ahead and talk about Elf first. I, I love it. I mean, love too old to love Christmas anymore. <laughs> no, but I think my elf is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. But 
I, I love I love Elf, but I didn't see Elf until I was like twenty one or something like that. And it it doesn't Elf doesn't feel as part of Christmas because uh, for me Christmas is always harking back to my childhood, and Elf wasn't around when when I was I could drink when Elf came out. I don't know about you guys. I, <laughs> I, I don't know when did it come out? Uh, uh, two thousand and four is it? I've got to look it up now. Yeah. Yes, no. I'd have just been able to drink. How many years Same. ago was that? Eight. 2004 was the year before I got married. Okay. <laughs> you are so old. old. I, I know, exactly. So 2004, I, I had like a responsible job and uh, I had, you know, we had a flat and I was learning to do all sorts of driving. And so I did learn to drive late, to be honest. Um, but um, so it's not part of my childhood. I do love it as a film and I think it's one of Phil, Will Ferrell's best films. But it it doesn't quite scream childhood memories, and that's that's where I was coming from on this. But well, I want I want to hear Jerry talk about it. It wasn't a childhood memory for me because I'm not that young. Bloody hell! Are you not? Um, okay, not like these two whippersnappers. Well, no, it's just you know, 2004. I was a teenager rather than a child. Okay, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of including teenagers in the childhood thing. But yes. it's, it's funny about Elf. We were talking about this the other day that actually, when it first came out, it didn't make that much of a splash. To be no, honest, no, as time has gone on, it's it's grown into be one of those cult films. Really, it's like a cult Christmas film, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think when it first came out, I didn't go and watch it in the cinema or anything. And then you sort of watch it on TV and DVD, and so I must have seen it about six or seven times now because you just watch it. It's just one of those things. I think when I remember it. When it came out in the cinema, I think I remember thinking, God, that looks like it's terrible and for kids. It was just like, what, Will Ferrell? It just, if you haven't seen it, you, you like, look at the cover, look at a poster. It just looks like a terrible kids' film. Um, and it's only when you watch it you realise, actually, it's a really good family film. It's brilliant, yeah. It's so well put together and some great moments. And even today we have sort of Secret Santa in work. And I was ridiculously tempted to just get the clip up on YouTube of when they mentioned Santa and Will Ferrell shouts, Santa! <laughs> oh my God! I know yes. him. Yeah. And just and play it, that for when Santa came in. Just, I love just, I know him. Everyone yeah. would know what it was and everyone would laugh. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it, it's definitely part of our... It, and you're right, it's a bit like that Shawshank Redemption type thing where no one saw it at the cinema but everyone now knows it and everyone really likes it. Yeah, but um, it's not mediocre, so... <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um, also, Zoe Deschanel has never looked finer than she does in Elf and she oh, has ooh. never been less annoying than... Uh, we were talking about this the other day. She does not suit the hair colour, I'm sorry. Oh, really, no, I really like it. I like it, but... But, no, I, I and she she didn't have all the kooky baggage that she had then. Back back when I first watched Elf, I was like, oh, no, she'd just be my perfect girlfriend. That's amazing. Um, and now I'm thinking, oh, God, she really fucking wind me up. Um, well, so, oh, and it, it's got uh, Peter Dinklage in, um, which is lovely now, now that I've been watching loads of Game of Thrones. And I'm like, oh, my God, the imp's here. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, James Kahn does a really good job with his role which could James have been really fantastic, yeah actually. he does a really really good job with it um yeah no it, it, it is a brilliant film I, I do love elf and i was just um i was just being a bit picky at the beginning but fuck it i love it <laughs> okay so owen on to your three films and have we had any crossover with you so far i can't remember 
Yeah, Scrooge. Scrooge okay. just down. That's gone. Uh, I've had that one. Two right. left then. But he hates John McClane, yeah. so he hasn't got a problem. <laughs> I ha- I've actually recorded Die Hard because it was on TV the other day. So I'm going to watch it again before Christmas. Just to... You need to tell me you don't own the box set. Uh, unfortunately not, no. I own, I still I own the, Die Hard 4, actually. I own the Quadrology on DVD. That's, that's, Die Hard 4 is all right. Yeah? It's, 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 it's nothing right. special. It's fine it's, for just... It's not terrible. It's, it's uh, far from terrible. It's, it's got Bruce Willis in it. It's fat. And Timothy Oliphant, who's actually... I like Timothy Oliphant a lot. He's he's a very good actor, so... Yeah, it's mm. worth watching. Okay. Well, if I get round to it, I'll give yeah. it a go. I'll try and watch it before we go and see five. Anyway, right, I'm going on to my first or second Christmas film. I watched it for the first time this week, actually. So I wanted, I wanted to pick something that was a bit different to what I would have just routinely gone for. So I went for uh, Grumpy Old Men. Which is directed Ooh. by Donald Petrie. Is that a Christmas Petrie. film? Is it? Oh, I didn't realise. Well, it kind of rolls into Christmas. It starts off. Oh, here we go. As a family. <laughs> yeah. See, the, both of my other two films are kind of are they Christmasy? It rolls into um, into the Christmas period, and it's got Matthew. Jack Lemmon in it. Walter, who you say his name? Matthew. 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 I always say Matthew, but yeah. Okay, Walter Matthew. I'm no expert. <laughs> As we well um, know. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's quite good fun. It starts off with them being just like regular bickering old neighbours and former friends and they feuded for like years and years and they, they sort of refer to each other by little insulting nicknames and it's kind of, um, yeah, it doesn't start off like a regular Christmas film, I guess. It starts off as just two, like odd, the odd couple sort of thing. Yeah. Which, which is, you know, what? Which is what they played originally, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Jack. I mean, but it, so it's kind of got that same element to it, but it actually works quite well. They play off each other just fantastically throughout the whole film. Um, and the way it sort of evolves into being this, this Christmas film is quite good. That's one of the things that actually, when I watched it, I quite liked it. It, it sort of grew into this whole, oh, well, then it becomes about the family and it's all about getting together, put your differences aside and... It just, it just kind of embodies those elements that Christmas is supposed to have, I guess. Okay. Um, and it does end up in actually taking place at Christmas. They all get together in the end. And, you know, that's not really a spoiler because that's what you're expecting. But it's, um, yeah, I thought it was quite good. So have you seen it before then, James? I haven't, no. No, I haven't. Huh? Um, and I, huh. and I'll be, I've never heard it mentioned as a Christmas film. That's why you, huh? you threw me slightly there, yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah, I wanted to watch something a bit different, so I had to look at okay. some sort of film yeah. lists and things, and I saw okay. that on there, and I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. It's good. I really okay. sort of enjoyed it. It's a sort of family film, you can watch it together, although there's some some rather risque elements to it. Um, it's about these two old men trying to get off with this young woman who's moved in Ooh, next door. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's a bit saucy. It's, it's a bit carry-on. Um <laughs> But, you know, it's a good film. Okay. I'd recommend it. If you've not seen it and you want something different over Christmas, it's a good little family. Did Carry On ever do a Christmas film? Is there ever a Carry On oh, Christmas? That's a good question. Yeah. I'm know. not sure it's a brilliant not, question. But... I haven't seen that many <laughs> Carry On films. But... I've seen quite a few just, like, growing up. Carry On Christmas, yeah. Oh, they did Christmas specials for TV. Oh, right, mm. OK. I'm just surprised, but it seemed like the kind of thing that they would have done, but yeah. they just did them for TV. There we go. Yeah. But it's, yeah. But I mean, you know, Grumpy Old Men is kind of just, it's a heartwarming, drama y type film, really, with lots of laughs in it. 
So I'd highly recommend that. Um, yeah, so my next film, if you didn't think that Grumpy Old Men was a Christmas film, I'm going to have to do some convincing with this one. Uh-oh. Batman Returns. Oh, for Batman Returns? <laughs> it's, a Chris- it's kind of... <laughs> I remember there being some snow in it. Some snow. Well, it's set at Christmas. What I quite like about, you know, in relation to Christmas is it's all about being sort of opposite to Christmas. It's clever in the sense that, you know, instead of being this, you know, family film where you've got everyone who comes together, like in Grumpy Old Men, it's the, it goes the opposite way. So Penguin is just, you know, an abandoned child. He's, um, instead of, you know, having lots of family, he just craves sort of family, he craves sort of belonging, and he doesn't fit anywhere. And he, you know, it's it does have a bit of Christmas in the film itself, but it's all about being opposite to what, what Christmas is supposed to be. So instead of feeling quite warm, quite cosy, it's all icy, it's very cold, everything's very detached. So, um yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of see it as being in sort of Christmas film bracket as also being, you know, superhero film and all the other stuff. But, I, I yeah, I don't know. I I thought mm. if Die Hard can get away with it, <laughs> which to me it does, I think Batman Returns can. Although at it's least specific. Die Hard's got that kind of heartwarming ending. There's, no, there's nothing heartwarming about Batman Returns, is there really? No. No, but no, that's, you no. know, that's what it does. It tries to sort of flip that on its head a bit. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's not a Christmas film in the same way that Scrooge is or Elf is, you know. I think that Owen's picked Christmas. one Christmas film for this. <laughs> <laughs> He's really missed the point of this triple bill. <laughs> but Christmas is kind of one of the driving forces behind one of the central character's motives in the film. You know, it's... Part of what makes him who he is, it, it, ha- it happens to be at Christmas. He's really, um, I don't know, kind of selfish of what everyone else has. And oh, and why couldn't you have just chosen Santa Claus the movie like everyone? Yeah, you know, do you know what else is on my list? Wallace and Gromit. And I thought, no, I'm not going to go for Wallace and Gromit. It's too obvious. And now I'm getting bashed for choosing something a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I did have to, um, I, I almost had a, a foreign language. Um, World War One meditation on war is one of mine as well, but that definitely is about Christmas. That was going to be my hipster choice, but I felt I'd been a little bit hipster quite recently, so I'll, I'll, that's why yeah. I went for Bernard and the Genie. <laughs> it was Joy Noel, anyway. If anyone's interested, it's, um, it takes part. Uh, it takes place on Christmas Eve, and it's about the uh, the armistice in the First World War um, and a group of German French and British soldiers come together on Christmas Eve and play football, and it's a load of intertwining stories. It's a brilliant film. I just wanted to quickly mention it, because I think it, it deserves a bit of recognition. And it's got... um Actually, you'll like this, Steve. There's um there's a... Uh, have I been cut off there? No. I can hear you. Okay, all right, okay. Um, that's just Owen then. Yeah, you'll like this. Um, It's got the man in EastEnders who used to beat up Little Mo, uh, Trevor, Ooh. um, and obviously that links to our favourite piece of uh, film trivia ever. So I thought that would be quite nice as well. There we go. Jerry's most amazing piece of film trivia ever <laughs> that he still can't handle. Yeah, well, my mind is slowly getting round it, but it'll be a while. Just, just yeah. give me time. It is weird though, that isn't it? It's yeah. absolutely bizarre. 
It's, it's such a shame he couldn't get her a part in the Nolan Batman. There's what? What should you do, Catwoman? <laughs> well, mind you, you've got a Cockney, you've got a Cockney butler in Michael Caine. You could have a Cockney maid yeah. in in Big Mo. In Big Mo. <laughs> okay, that's it for this triple bill. Um, what's the next thing we'll be doing? Um, next up is the big rev- is the Fail Critics big review of 2012. So we'll be looking back on films from this year. We'll be looking back on our podcasts from this year, and we will be revealing the uh, final results of the Fail Critics poll, including the big one. And don't forget to vote. Um, uh, send us your top five films from 2012. Either tweet. Tweet them to us at Failed Critics with the hashtag FC Poll or go to failedcritics.com and click on Failed Critics Awards and submit them there because you can vote and you can make your favourite films potentially one of the winners of the Failed Critics Awards. And I'm sure everyone's dying to know what will be the uh, first film we review in 2013. Um, do you know what? I think it's actually going to be Les Miserables. I know how much you guys can't fucking wait I, for I that. <laughs> bloody lay miserable after that. <laughs> but the week after that, it's um, Django Unchained. There we go. Uh, right, so thanks for listening. Thanks everyone for joining us. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for the music, and we'll see you soon. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns